You know, just real quickly, we were talking about Prince before we started streaming here. And that reminded me that I was in the Minneapolis airport recently. And uh, I'm happy to report that they have a Prince gift store in the Minneapolis gift store. For the, I mean, airport. For those who don't know, that's where Prince is from. So I would know. say that's quite specific, but that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. It was, uh, I, 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 I don't, you know, I don't know about, about you two, but so often I'll see something like, you know, of course, like a, a faux vintage purple rain t-shirt or when I was in Des Moines, Iowa, and there was just kind of like a faux 70 style Des Moines t-shirt. And my first thought is I should buy one of those because that's cool. And then I'm like, I don't know. I got enough t-shirts. And then here I am thinking like, man, why didn't I buy those shirts? Like, of course you should buy those. Those will be great. And just throw out some, you know, conference shirt that I got a while ago. I don't need that anymore. And, and uh, of course you want a, a purple rain shirt. Well, speaking of purple rain, uh, I thought this episode, well, you know, uh, we're all three back together again. It's been a while. We've been on a, uh, uh, a summer hiatus, which is fine. Uh, I think it's good to have hi hiatus -y. Is hiatus Latin? <laughs> I should look that up. Hiatus? <laughs> Hey, hey, Tide. That's the country, isn't it? Haiti. It's also good to have my tie. Uh, yes. My ties on your holidays. But I thought we would come in. I think I forget when this was published, but there was a uh, there was kind of a, a Gartner overview of what service mesh is. I was just at SRE Day in London uh, yesterday, uh, um, and I saw a talk um, from one of the the, the solo guys. I, I, I'm I'm thinking it's it was Alessandro. Sorry if I got that wrong, but he was going over service mesh stuff. And, you know, I always wonder what a service mesh is. So it was, I thought it'd be a good time to check in. Now, Ed, of course, here, here's, here's the lineup that I'm thinking we're going to have. One, I'm just going to be like, what is the deal with service meshes? Right? Like, that's, that's my role as always. And I think, I think, you know, Ed, you follow all this stuff closely. So you know what we're supposed to think about service meshes. Like, you know, you've, you've got like the, the, the analyst maybe. things right and and i think i think for those listening the kind of like maybe head head shake is exactly what we're supposed to be thinking about service meshes at the moment so good job yeah. and then ben <laughs> what what i'm going to ask from you is like why don't we just use spring cloud right like like it seems like this is this is a weird category of stuff that that i don't know but let's let's start with that is like i i remember uh man golly three years ago or more like i had someone i interviewed someone on my other podcast software defined talk uh uh from the istio project and also i was available. yeah i was i was basically like i don't understand what the service mesh thing is right like i i i keep reading about it and like and i also don't understand exactly what istio does and i think that was also the point where Knative was something than it other was. So I get confused about Knative every now and then. Uh, you know, to me, the, the, the cloud native orchestration word, world is just like, you know, you made, you made a gumbo and tripped on the way out of the kitchen. And it's kind of all there on the floor. It's delicious. It smells good. But you're trying to make sense of it. Like, uh, to use another Latin word, like the, the hospricks, you know, who would like look at the intestines of a bird to tell the future. Um, but moving on. Uh, like... Tell me, you two tell me if I'm wrong, but my understanding of a service mesh, let's start with the definition, is that as the Gartner overview said, of course, you could do this with VMs. But essentially, it's if you have a Kubernetes-based platform. And inherently, again, you can always do the bad things that you're not supposed to 
uh, with, with this stuff. But if you have a Kubernetes stack, the application architecture you're supposed to have is what uh, older gentlemen like me would call a distributed application, which is to say you break an application into different components that collaborate over a network, uh, even if that's a fake network. But basically, they're going to be making calls over a network. Maybe it's an event-based system, but you don't just have like one chunk of code that's that's coordinated with each other. You've got these components that are working over a network. And I think the notion of a service mesh is that like, this is the first Cote is is just like shocked that gambling's going on in, in Kubernetes is is like, it turns out, I think that Kubernetes doesn't do that. And so you need this whole other layer of a service mesh that basically coordinates uh, your, your different, the components of your application finding each other, coordinates how they communicate with each other and coordinates, most importantly for our enterprise world, the security and access control uh, of it. And then also, since we're in the, uh, the multi-cloud uh, uh, camp of, of uh, the cloud native world, also what a service mesh does for you, and maybe other things do this, is it allows you to link together um, previously, what's the word, disparate, distinct, previously their own Kubernetes world. So that if I had, if I had a Kubernetes install, I mean, I guess it could be on the, on the, I have one running on this side of the wall and another running on that side of the wall, or it could be on different sides of the Atlantic Ocean. These are different, is the word you use cluster? I don't know my vocabulary well. I told you I was going to be playing the village idiot. All of the above, different clouds, different clusters. Right. Yeah, so different. You've, it's different. You've got you've got different Kubernetes Kubernetes I don't know how to pluralize Greek. Kubernetes. No, I don't think so. Ku Kubernetes. Kubernetes eyes. And different and stuff. and you want to basically have uh, them communicate with each other, and then a service mesh can do that for you as well. And then, as with any time when you're doing networking stuff. If you want to, which you usually do, if you want to drag in, like I was mentioning, you know, access control and certificate management and load balancing and all that kind of stuff that you can do at layer six. I, I, I've lost track of the seven layer like uh, networking burrito, which layer is which. But you can kind of push that stuff down in, into the networking layer as opposed to the application layer. And I think that's what a service mesh does. Is that in the ballpark? That's what I think it does. Yeah. 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 I mean, I was... Go on. Oh, no, no. Go, go ahead. I was just going to fill dead air. I mean, I've, so I've, my problem is that I'll go off and I'll read about Service Mesh. I'll understand what it's telling me, which is largely what you just said at a very high level. I, I can read and get more about the low level. And then two months later, someone asks me about it and I have forgotten a lot of the detail and I just come back to this same thing. In my head, my analogy has always been actual sort of real traffic and Google Maps. So I'm like, real traffic, like if I want to drive off across my little island, okay, it's small, I don't have far to go, but you know, said maybe it's mm. multi-island, who knows, either way. If I want to go off to somebody else's house and see all my mates, it was easy when we were all small and we all lived a mile away and then we all broke up and we all went off to different places. Now suddenly I have to drive off to see them and someone's got to coordinate all the traffic. The network pipes and stuff are all there, right? The roads and the traffic lights. But I go to something like Google Maps to say, actually, what route should I take to get from here to there? And it will show me. And it will show me things like traffic bottlenecks. So if there's too mm. much traffic in one place, it will show it red. And it might well say, you know what, it'd be quicker if you went that way, not this way. Um, and I kind of look at service mesh as being that overlay on top of just the road system. Yeah. But you control it. You know, Google Maps for me is, I, I can't say, you know what, 
stop all that traffic down my road and let only me go down it, please, or let me and my five friends go down it. Whereas yeah. in service mesh land, you can. You can say, great, you know, send all my blue cars this way, send all my green cars that way. It just lets you have more control and visibility. And like you said, secures it all. It's, you know, I've got roadworks outside my house right now, so they've shut the road. And that's another thing the security is, right, you can pass, you can't. It just lets you regulate all that traffic, pick and choose yeah. where it goes, and visualize it all in real time in a way that, as you said, Kubernetes wouldn't provide out of the box. That traffic would still be flowing, but in a very chaotic, random manner that you wouldn't have visibility into. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, first of all, I've been having some mic problems. So if my audio sounds annoying, I apologize. But it's only in StreamYard, which we record this in, and also in Chrome and Zoom, it's fine. I don't know, and, and other areas. So, so maybe one day I'll fix that, uh, hopefully soon. But, but yes, following up on what you were saying, Ed, I, I guess after all these years, and we, of course, sell a service mesh, so I'm not going to be too negative about it, of course, uh, because why would I? It's great. Uh, but it does seem like if you boil down, there's two other than what it does, there's two reasons that you use a service mesh. One is that Kubernetes doesn't do what a service mesh does. And so you need that. But then I think too, that the even more compelling reason that maybe emerges is as you were saying, you can, you have more control over the flow of network traffic. And therefore, because the applications you're running in Kubernetes are distributed applications because they need a network to function, you have a lot of control over how your applications are executing and what the applications are doing. So it's really just like, you just have more control, which in general, especially if you're my bank, I want you to have as much control as possible. I, I appreciate that. Like it's, it's great. Yeah. I think the challenges have been like, so the, the difference for me, Google Maps is as simple as it can be. I can fire mm. that out in an app on any device I've got. I see all my roads. I Click with a finger, I'm done. And if service mesh were that easy, I suspect everyone would have one, buy one, everything's great. Yeah. But they are not as easy to implement, right? They have yeah, this extra, you know, the sidecar pattern, all these extra technical constraints they have and operational concerns, people who need expertise in service meshes to operate them. Um, and that seems to be one of the big stumbling blocks yeah. in terms of the adoption. And, and I think that's like, that's the part to go back to the, the thing both of us have said, but especially me, it's like, it is, it seems like something that should just be built into Kubernetes, not only because like conceptually, at least to me, it seems like, isn't that what that does? But also, I, I, I mean, I feel like maybe the lesson, the lesson, one of the lessons of, if you remember software defined networking, I remember spending a lot of time trying to figure out what that was, but it was kind of similar where I don't think there was like a standard. It was just like an outcome that people were looking to achieve. And so there were all these different ways to do it. And then that was just a lot of cognitive overload <laughs> and, and also compatibility problems. So it seems like if you just made it part of Kubernetes, just like with a lot of stuff in Kubernetes, it would just be like standardized. But I, I don't know, that's, that's not how it is, I suppose. Which, which brings me to, so Ben, like, you know, you, you, you are the one who has programmed much more recently than me since I stopped programming in 2005. But it feels like a lot of what a service mesh is trying to accomplish, like first we had JNDI, which did that sort of. And, and then like, and now, I mean, 
it's not only Spring Cloud, but now at the application layer, you have like Spring Cloud. And, and Spring Cloud is a whole bunch of different stuff, but you basically have like built into, I think most every enterprise programming stack is a concept of, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a little teapot. I'm, I'm a little chunk of code and I need a network connection to connect to another little chunk of code to hang out with it. <laughs> and so therefore, I need a registry so I can look up the other chunks of code. I need a way of getting that connection and it also needs to be secured and configured, right? And it seems like this is always my maybe naive view of networking stuff is just like, well, one, doesn't that exist already? And is this really just a way to not have to schedule a meeting with, with like the network admin? Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like it seems, because it seems like what you'll end up with is you'll have a service mesh so one, you would have your like whatever you know your router configuration is, your your network admins, and then you might even have your your virtualization admin setting things up, and then you're going to have your Kubernetes admin setting up their service mesh, and now you've got three network configurations going on, and then the developers don't want to talk to any of those people, so they're going to be like, hey, what if we just do our own service mesh layering, and then we never have to talk to those people. And it seems like you would just go all the way down the stack and be like, what if we talk to that original network admin and we had them do this? But I, I don't know, what, uh, am, I, am I making up some Tempest in a, a teapot here? No, I think, I think there's some truth in that. Um, I, I think, I think it, there's a huge amount of it depends to this whole conversation really, isn't mm. it? Um, you're right when you mentioned that there are alternative mechanisms for doing much of what exists in a service mesh. You know, you mentioned Spring Cloud has some uh, things in there like Spring Cloud Gateway that will give you access to all sorts of features like load balancing. Um, you have stuff in Spring for observability around uh, micrometer and things. Um, there's all sorts of options in there but of course you got to remember not everyone's writing spring right if you're writing python or whatever mm. it's not really it's not it's not naturally your first choice right it, it, it you you still you still but there are options okay so so what you're saying is true there are there are options and i think even in Kubernetes land, there are options. You know, if you if you want to do um, service discovery, there's a way to do that in Kubernetes with the built-in DNS features, right? Mm. But it depends on your point of view. If your point of view is that you would like ubiquity and control, then a service mesh might be ideal for you. But if you have the point of view that it is complex, which a lot of people seem to have, or that it um, slows you down, or that it adds a degree of um, cognitive load that you don't want, then maybe you'll be quite happy with some of, you know, mix and matching some alternatives that already exist out there that are closer to your stack and closer to the way that you work. So, yeah, it's it's a challenge because it's a, there's a great deal of it depends it depends on on your enterprise and what it is that you're trying to achieve yeah. and your point of view and 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 i get you know the other thing you're you're bumping up against there well intentionally or 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 you're uh, playing around with is the idea of like yes all of that's true and 
there's very rarely a uh, well-architected kind of rational stack that you can work with, right? Like you often have a bunch of incompatible things that weren't built together and then you've got to span different geographies and zones. And so like, you can't just like, you, you actually are forced to deal with various layers that, that you have. And then even kind of like we were talking about, Ed, like you need something that lets you control all of this mess because like for whatever reason or prioritization, you can't go fix it, <laughs> right? Like, like you, can't, you can't take the time to make it all like, to go have that meeting with the, the networking admin and just fix all 500 of your applications and, and how, they, uh, how they use the network. But you could, you know, layer a service mesh in there, which would allow all the current behavior of how applications work. They could do all their own stuff, but it would give you the, a huge amount of control to essentially secure and manage all the network traffic that you have. Which, again, sounds like something I would like my bank to do. That, that sounds great. I, I, that's my new, that's my new use case for everything is like, I don't, I don't want my bank innovating. I, I would prefer they just stay exactly the same and, uh, not ever try anything new. Uh, yeah, well, that's, that's kind of, I mean, that, that, that gets to another area of, of kind of, uh, abstract thinking, which is like, I'm, I'm starting to wonder if that picture that I was just painting is it's a little un-DevOpsy in that you're, we're intentionally building a stack where we have these layers that are almost like silos that we've knocked over instead of them being vertical. And we're totally cool with having these layers of people who don't coordinate and talk with each other, like the networking layer, the infrastructure layer, and then, we, we, and then you just let the application developers do whatever they want <laughs> within this like very controlled uh, environment. Uh, I think it's decoupling is what you describe. Yes. You know, it's not, it's yes. not the idea that I don't want to talk to anyone. It's the idea that if you can decouple the dependencies between those layers and those folks to a certain extent, they can all get on with what they're good at and not spend countless hours in meetings debating RFC protocols, right? Yes. <laughs> If anything, I mean, it should make the fact, even if they, if that becomes a technology silo in terms of a separate application, but it doesn't necessarily become a silo from a process point of view. I mean, A, if it's sort of designed from the ground up, being DevOps, should we say, then potentially it can all be automated and built in and integrated to whatever processes you've got. But like Ben said, I think it's a decoupling. It's right. The idea, especially the service mesh, is the application developers don't have to care about that. It takes some stuff off their plate. And if the network guys just built it in, like you said, ideally, if it was just built into Kubernetes anyway, then the Kubernetes team operate it. You don't even need your network team to be involved, sort of thing. Or it's just yeah. part of. But it's the decoupling and just, you know, that being the whole point of abstractions, right? It makes life simpler for people because they only have to worry about certain considerations. Um, but it, it feels to me like service mesh isn't necessarily, it hasn't nailed the abstraction level. You know, is it right to have that, the network team doing it? Or do some people want some of that stuff sort of at the development stack level? Do you put it in Spring Cloud? Do you put it in, you know, I think Dapper's one that I've seen, which was originally a Microsoft thing, wasn't it? But is now sort of a, a CNCF one. But again, that's like a middleware layer, uses sidecars, overlaps with a lot of the service mesh, mesh functionality, but is geared more at developers, not at like um, a platform team in the same way. So they sort of see that some of that functionality might be better off at that persona level. Um, and it just clearly doesn't resonate with everybody that this is the right thing they want. This is an abstraction they need. Yeah. 
Yeah, it does, yeah. It does oh, seem ahead. to have failed to deliver on a certain amount of promise, perhaps. You know, mm. if we're looking back at it retrospectively and thinking about, I don't know, the last five years of service mesh discussions seems to have not been as pervasive as hoped and not um, been as uh, highly adopted as hoped. And mm. when you sort of retrospect on the reasons why that might be there there are several and you know we've talked about some of them already complexity definitely an issue um consistency uh, getting folks consensus as well around service mesh actually building a consensus around it is probably very difficult so there yeah there, there it seems to be a certain amount of not not quite delivered on the promise yet so Maybe there's more to come. Maybe there's there's ways to make it even simpler, bake it into platforms, uh, you know, right at the start, so that the introduction of a service mesh isn't isn't as jarring as it perhaps is if you come along and do it later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, you know, yeah, that was that was one of Gartner's sort of recommendations in this report, wasn't it? So they basically pulled up the same of you know that it hasn't seen the success or the adoption that was maybe expected from it um, and that they didn't really see that changing um, and also that one of the things you do you know a lot of people do bundle in a service mesh with a platform to look at those um, and I wasn't you know there were a bunch of things in there that I guess from the, from the VMware point of view were very good the the things they said they felt a service mesh should be doing to be successful which is what we talked about multi-cloud multi-whatever you know connecting disparate meshes sort of being an overlay on top offering management at scale, all the things that our product is sort of geared towards, it's the one or one of the use cases where they did see value in them and say these ones may be the successful ones. Mm. Um, and that might be also, you know, we had this other report. I don't know if we mentioned it or not, Gigarom did a report. Um, and that's more of a just comparison of service meshes, should we say, rather than a state of the industry. Mm. But we scored very well in that one as well. We can put those in the show notes. Absolutely. Oh, this was a radar, wasn't it? I love a good radar. Yeah, yeah. I love a good radar. How close are they? How close are they? <laughs> uh, you got to watch your back with the radars, haven't you? Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, 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 I like the framing, or, or framing is like a rhetorical thing, but I like the um, why does this thing exist explanation that we're getting to, which is like another way of putting it is that like, so you have your application developers. And to put it very broadly, like you don't really want them worrying about networking issues outside of their own application, right? Like, and versus like the, whatever you want, I'm gonna say the operations people, the people running all this stuff, instead of focusing on the application development, like they're the ones who can worry about like your multi-site Kubernetes stuff, like what networking issues are as far as your ingress and egress once it's actually on the public internet and like, all of that sort of stuff is sort is like not really anything you want your application developers dealing with, right? Like inside their application, sure, they can do whatever they want. Uh, and, and if that's the case, it does make sense almost to some, to some extent that your service meshes this kind of external thing, like a tool that you choose that fits the needs that you have to fit into your like multi-cloud setup <laughs> and that and and equally you don't really want kubernetes assuming that it knows what you need like you want you want to keep the core of kubernetes pretty small and just focused on uh you know kind of its orchestration and it's it's uh, being an api and a specification for how to, how to do all this stuff and then you get that 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 
not only like security controls, but also just like performance controls and stuff. I don't really know yeah. anything about network administration, but I think they do that kind of thing. I, I like that idea too. The idea that, you know, actually it's, it's what you can r relieve folks from having to deliver, you know, right. look, don't worry about observability. We've got this APM monitoring built in through the service mesh, right? You don't need to worry about it. We know every traffic call that's going anywhere. We know exactly what, if your CPU is spiking, we know about it. If you're running out of memory, we know about it. You know, just don't worry about that stuff. It's all sorted. You know, that's yeah. great. That's the cloud bill quadrupled this month because of egress charges, but we can see that. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of like I, I forget what there there's some practice that emerged. What is it even like XP.io where like developers would set up these like really easy to make uh, public domain names that you could use that would just loop back to, to you know, localhost or whatever. I forget what these URLs are, but it's, it was, it's one of those services where it's like, well, we could go and actually do regular internet DNS setup, or we could just use this faked out thing that we have, right? And, and it's a similar thing of just like removing the need to actually do real network administration. You know, it's, it's like my, my, my uh, uh, I don't know, not perennial, but any chance I get, I make the snarky comment of like, you know, it sounds like a lot of what we've been doing for the last 15 years, we, if we just had fixed DNS, we could have saved a lot of time. Like <laughs> at, at some point, someone should realize like, well, maybe you should fix how this works if it's so complicated. Has anyone thought of that? Uh, but, but apparently not. Uh, we put up with it. We so the fundamental right? substrate that you have an issue with. Then the fundamental substrates of the internet. As long as we just fix all this, yeah. It's just like I, I, I mean, again, I'm a naive application developer, but it's like I just have a string that I want to go to this set of numbers, and that's it. Like, how hard can it be, right? Like. Can, can... <laughs> See, in a app, in the comments, folks. Right? Yeah. <laughs> DNS, distributed name system. You make something distributed, it gets more complex. And we thought, that seems good. Let's do it to everything. And then yeah. we have Kubernetes and even more complexity. I don't so, know. You're just, you're just like A, A <laughs> records, C names. What is all this? Who needs this? <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think, well, that, that's, that's, uh, I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it, it is, it's similar to software defined networks where like you can't really have a standard, but you can have the, uh, the, the outcomes around that. Well, I, I think we've solved that problem. Uh, yeah, really done. got that, that cinched up. That's, that was that's easy. <laughs> yeah. So I think, you know, just to, just to bring it in the talk that I saw, um, Alessandro giving, right? Like he, he, it was, a, it was at SRE day, right? And, and, it is kind of a, 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 a validation, but it kind of adds the direction we're going is he did kind of articulate like, and therefore, if you look at what a service mesh does, it makes sense that an SRE would be interested in using it to accomplish many of their goals, right? It allows you to have a lot of control over and, and kind of, they don't say promises, but establishing a contract, your, your, your SLOs with people that we can kind of like you were saying, Ed, like, don't worry about the cost. We can monitor that and kind of deal with it when it happens. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, I don't know if that has anything to do with SRE stuff, but it does make sense that it would be a good tool for an operations person to use, to have a lot more control over that versus to use my jokey thing, like, oh, now we got to go talk to the network admin, right? Like you have the, um, uh, uh, your layers of abstraction. What did you say, Vin? Componentalization? Yeah, well, decoupling. Decoupling, that's the one. 
That's that's supposed to be good. De decoupling always preferable. It's well. it's not if you're in the last train car that's unpreferable. <laughs> you want some strong coupling. <laughs> it's a very strong coupling there. Yeah, I guess I guess with automobiles that's a decoupled architecture, but a train is uh, is is uh, coupled. That's almost a, I I always shy away from metaphors and programming because you might as well just talk about the actual programming. But uh, there are there's a lot of efficiencies in coupling, just like with trains. Versus, uh, you give up a lot of efficiencies to have the agility of a uh, of a car system, uh, but but that's nice. Like if you take an Uber from uh, even from like Canary Island, Canary Canary Wharf to London City Airport, you're going to see a lot of different things as the car agilely goes through the neighborhood versus just taking the uh, the regular train there. Anyhow. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll put some, some links to, uh, the, the reports that we were going over and, uh, you know, we also have, I should mention, there's a couple of things coming up. We had VMware Explore, uh, already in the U S but the, um, the, uh, the, the, this part of the world, the Europe one is coming up the first week of November. Is that right, Ben? Yeah, that's right. And Ed, you were in the US. Uh, maybe you could tell us how it was uh, in a second. But yeah, that's right. The first week of November, I think it's November, is it 3rd through 6th? Something like no, that. I think it might be 6th to 9th, but again, I'm not 100% on that. 6th to 9th yeah. is the right answer. Thank if, you, Ed. If you just search for VMware Explorer EU, it'll be in Barcelona. And uh, uh, I think we've I, got I, one in Singapore, haven't we? So we're in yes. Singapore yeah. well in a few weeks. Yeah. There, there's a lot of explorers going on, and uh, I'll I'll be I'll be involved in two talks there, uh, which will be nice. And then Ben, you're going to be at Backstage Con, which I am. will also be I'm fun. Really excited about that! I can't tell you how excited I am about that. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, no, I mean that's you're giving that's a, a talk, right? You're not I just am. attending your your speaking. At, uh, yeah, I've got a. I've got a, a brief uh, stint as a speaker at uh, BackstageCon. I think that is uh, the day before KubeCon starts proper, right? Because it's one of the uh, sort of uh, adjacent conferences to KubeCon uh, in Chicago in November. Yep. Yeah. And then and then also just the, the last of the things on October 9th, we have a Spring One tour in Amsterdam where... I will be there. That's, that's your hometown. Oh yes. my word! You'll be so in demand. You'll be telling folks where stuff is, and <laughs> exactly. I'll uh, I'll be emceeing it and hosting the Q and A at the end. And then uh, we have a uh, another Spring One tour coming up October twelfth in London. Uh, so if you're if you're in Amsterdam or uh, or London and you're interested in programming, and especially if you're interested in Java or Spring programming, that'll be a great chance to just. It's a good free educational event. Um, and as I, as I like to only not half joke, I mean, fully, fully not as, as I seriously, it's a serious comment that is also a joke. There you go. <laughs> uh, th that like, you know, it beats actually doing your real job, but it's a legit, like you don't have to take a, a holiday to go do it because it's a continuing education. So you should definitely come to it uh, since it's great and free. Well, with that, as always, this has been uh, Tanzu Talk. If you want to get the show notes we mentioned, uh, see the conferences we suggested. If you go to tanzutalk.com, you can find this episode and see it. Or if you've watched the video, you should be able to see it uh, below there. And with that, we'll see everyone next time. Bye-bye. Good job waving. That was, that was classic. <laughs>